Welcome to the Events Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Taylor, and each week I talk with event professionals and entrepreneurs about how they plan, promote, and run their events. We help you build your events empire by growing your business using live events. Whether you're running community meetups or conferences, trade shows, and other events, we focus on finding actionable tips that you can use straight away. We want you to get more attendees, produce epic events, make more money, and most importantly, to do it all with no stress. This podcast is sponsored by EventsFrame. Check it out over at eventsframe.com. Make the switch from Eventbrite today to our amazing ticketing and registration system with no ticket fees. Most ticketing systems charge you a minimum of 3% of the ticket price, but we just have a flat low fee with no ticket fees and no restrictions. There's literally no system out there that is cheaper than EventsFrame. It's also super easy to use and you can embed your tickets in your website or you can use our own website builder, which is really simple. We have amazing options to apply all kinds of discounts on all the features you'd expect from a much more expensive system like QR code check-in. Go to eventsframe.com, that's E-V-E-N-T-S-F-R-A-M-E.com for a free, no-risk, one-month trial. Hello and welcome to the Events Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Taylor, and today I'm delighted to be talking to Stephen Pulver, Stephen is a co-founder of Fireside Conference, which I heard about it on another podcast called The Build Cycle, which is an excellent podcast, by the way, if you haven't listened to it. And it's an interesting, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur, location independent entrepreneur, and then I, uh, I'm always fascinated by other events for entrepreneurs. I'm always looking at interesting ones to go to. And this is focused very much on entrepreneurs. It's out in the countryside in Canada at a camp uh, ground. So it's really, really interesting. So I thought I'd get Stephen on to talk about his background and talk about the event. So, so welcome, Stephen. Thanks so much for having me. Stephen, before we get into the event, like, what's your background? Is it, am I right in saying you're, you're a lawyer or, or your co-founder is a lawyer? So uh, we're recovering lawyers, as, right. as uh, we like <laughs> to say from time to time. So uh, yeah, I was a lawyer uh, up until leaving practice about two years ago now to start a startup basically in the legal technology space. But, but fireside law... Legal technology, all those kinds of things coming together. Um, what, to what's your startup, if you can thing. say? What, what's it called and what does it do? Yeah, for sure. So uh, our startup is called Minutebox. Um, Minutebox, is that right? Minutebox, yeah. Uh, and you know, we are an end-to-end solution for law firms helping to manage their corporate records. So we're, we're a B2B primarily business that helps law firms manage all of the data in respect of their own clients. So that, that's that been a, a very interesting journey where we're kind of leaving law and going into that has been, has been fun. I've, yeah, I've got, as you know, events frame, we've, I've got, a, I've got two businesses. One is apps events, which is uh, my main company, which is a, a Google, we're a Google partner and we run events for Google around the world. And then we've got a SaaS software as a service company as well. So it's interesting. I mean, this most minute box, it must be, I guess it's more of an enterprise sale. I guess you're charging quite a bit for this. So you can put a bit more into the sales process to try to get a customer on board. Is that, is that right? That's a, a really interesting one that we're we're trying to see what sticks uh, right now on on that piece. You know, it, it definitely is an enterprise. Uh, it's an enterprise solution, an enterprise SaaS solution. Uh, so that comes comes with that a, a very different sales cycle actually than the Fireside piece. But a ton of things that have been learned on Fireside uh, are directly applicable and and have kind of become clear are pretty universal. Uh, sales, marketing, things that we've learned over the last five years. So, so what? Just in brief, I'm curious about this this company. What's your what's your kind of sales process? Is it is it direct outreach, or do you are you, are you doing like paid advertising with a funnel, or is it everything together? 
So uh, right now we're getting the product to to market, right? So right. Okay. Uh, we're trying to see we're trying to see what what what's sticking. Uh, so unfortunately, I don't really <laughs> I don't mean to skirt around the the question. I just I don't have an answer yet. But I would love to have that discussion in say six months to to a year from now to see what what has stuck and and what hasn't been as successful. That's uh, cool. But definitely, definitely a majority of it is direct outreach. Uh, but also, you know, as former lawyers, we we, we do have a, a, a pretty great initial network, but that can only really get you so far, especially when you're dealing with a with a SaaS company. That's kind of a scary time when, you, when you're when still building it and you haven't yet started selling it. And I, I remember myself, I've had a couple of SaaS companies and it's always like, you know, it's like the quiet before the storm. It's like, you just want to get it out the door, you know, so you can start selling it. Right. So, well, we're we're selling it, but it, we're not. We haven't really turned on all of the marketing components, right? Right. Okay. Uh, for for the simple reason of you know, we see it with Fireside. You know, the second you the second you open something up to the public and you start marketing it out there, you, you better be able to to uh, support every single person that comes on and and uh, give them a level of service and, and quality and and those are really important things to to us on you know, for every business that we do, it doesn't matter what the vertical is that we, we need to make sure that we're ready for, for them so that people aren't being onboarded regardless of the business and, and feeling like, oh my God, this is, this needs some more polish. Definitely. I mean, yeah, I'm just keen about your background before we get into the fireside conference. So you, you said, uh, have you run other businesses as well then? Is it, is this your praying or have you done anything else on entrepreneurial? So fireside and Minibox really are like the, the kind of culmination of several different businesses that were either successful or complete failures, so uh, more complete failures than anything. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm sure Daniel would say the same, the same. So Daniel is actually my co-founder on Fireside, but also uh, on Minibox. So, you know, we both ran, Daniel had a startup, uh, quite a large startup with, with an exit uh, a few years back. And, and uh, I, I ran my own digital media company for, for quite some time, yeah. uh, but neither, uh, of us have built something to this point at the scale of something like Fireside or, or Minibox, which are kind of both starting to take on a life of their own. Um, so we're kind of venturing into into new territory, but but feel very comfortable given you know given uh, where we've come from. Great. So let's, let, let's get into Fireside. How did it come about? And do you want to give an overview of of what? Uh, like, let's start from the beginning. Like, what was the event in the beginning? Like, how did it start? Before we get onto what it is now, like, what what was the original idea? Before, you know, right at the early stages, and maybe it was even called something else. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. So let's go back to 2014. So the winter of 2014, I was practicing law in Toronto um, and becoming incredibly frustrated with the conferences and meetups I was going to. There were some great uh, technology and entrepreneur meetups in Toronto which is where I'm from and, and I've lived my whole life. Uh, there, were, there were always great events here in the city uh, where, where you know, I saw the disconnect was anything longer than like an hour to a two hour event really just completely lost my attention. Uh, you know, going to, to full day seminars or conferences in the city, uh, I just felt like there were no, there, there was no heart or soul to them. Um, they were very uh, short-lived. They, they they didn't provide the ability to really connect with one another and and form really deep lasting bonds. And I thought that was unfortunate. Uh, and at the same time, uh, like I've spent my entire life in camping. So uh, since I was a little kid, I was always the kid that wanted to be out in the woods and going up to summer camp in, in the summer as a child and then later uh, as a staff member. So I actually spent 24 years officially uh, in camping, um, at, you know, going to summer camp, working at summer camp, running summer camp, uh, and something just dawned on me um, 
thinking, wow, we could bring these two things together. We can do something that brings entrepreneurs, uh, innovators together for a weekend at summer camp, let them relive part of their youth, but also use camp itself, which is so uh, incredible for children and use those same qualities to help, uh, you know, help entrepreneurs. And that's really what, what this is all about. And I guess so, I guess the camp venues are actually most of the year they're vacant. I presume they have certain dates in the summer holidays when there's camps and the holidays. And I guess outside of that, they're they're vacant, so they're probably quite easy to get as a, as a venue as well. I'd imagine. Right. So uh, that's a really good point. So we taking a step back to again 2014. So 2015 was our first was our first session, and finding the date was obviously very difficult. So Canadian uh, wilderness. Uh, you know, to take a, another step back. So Fireside itself, which I should explain, is a is a once a year off the grid retreat for founders, influencers, creators, investors. There is no typical Fireside attendee. It's a group of the most interesting people from around the world that we can find through our application process to basically come together, completely disconnect from technology for the weekend and form really amazing lasting bonds uh, learn, sit around the campfire, engage with one another, uh, and just escape to this beautiful, um, campground, a 750 acre campground with a private lake and people go water skiing and do yoga by the lake. And, and it's a really a remarkable experience. Um, but when it comes to finding the dates, uh, we are at the mercy of, of the camp itself, which runs from late June until, uh, until late August. Yeah. Uh, so we, it's actually funny. We opted for this date in September, September 5th, which is always the weekend after Labor Day, uh, for the simple reason of, of worrying about the bugs in June. So right. we have a lot of people that aren't, uh, so fond of, of early June bugs. And, and we thought that September was a perfect time. It's kind of the Kickstarter for, for a lot of, uh, uh, people's busy fall. So, uh, that dates worked pretty well for us. Right. Cool. So, so how did it go? How did, how did you get started with the idea? Like, and, and how did you run the first event? Yeah. So the first event was run, um, with no budget. Uh, and that doesn't mean an unlimited budget. It literally means uh, like we had no money for anything. Yeah. Uh, and, and so what that meant was every dollar was going to essentially pay for camp. Um, and, and that, you know, for, for us, that meant some decisions to be made early on. Uh, we brought really our community out, our, our direct kind of, to use the LinkedIn phrasing, like our first connections out to Fireside. So we were around 60 to 70 people in that first year, uh, where Daniel and I really knew pretty much everyone that was there. Um, and then over the years, that's expanded. Uh, we're friends excuse me, friends of friends are now joining. And, and, uh, you know, we have, we have, I would say 70 to 80% of the people that are stepping foot, um, uh, at fireside every year are people that we've never met. Um, we've of course had phone calls and emails back and forth every single person. Uh, and this hasn't changed since year one, every single person that attends fireside has been, uh, through our application process. Um, and that might mean, you know, they've had a phone call with us, they've, they've gone through the process or they're coming through, you know, a group where their group leader is kind of that ambassador for them. That's really important to us. So we just kind of went into this thing being like, okay, let's just bring people together and see what sticks in that first year. It was like, 
yep, we don't have a budget for name tags, so we're just not going to do that. <laughs> that ended up working out perfectly. Uh, that was – it's funny. Like it makes so much sense now. Like why the heck would we have name tags here around camp? Go up to someone and ask them their name. Uh, we're very informal like that. It's it's summer camp ultimately. Uh, in our first year as well, we were looking into renting a satellite truck to come out and actually blanket the campground with cell service and, uh, and Wi-Fi. Uh, thinking that like our guests would want that and would be seeking that. Um, I think it was like three or $4,000 and we like just literally didn't have the budget for it yeah. uh, and didn't end up doing it. And it was by far the best decision we could have ever made because we ended up with this completely off the grid conference that now we own. Um, we own what I mean by owning, I mean like owning the, the ideology behind disconnecting, which we believe is so super important. So in your first event, who did you get to speak then? Who was your, who were your presenters? So a, a, a big thing for, for us, we realized early on was that we really didn't want to differentiate too much between speakers and attendees. Yeah. Um, and that's a big, that's a big piece. So, um, we looked for a few key members in our community that we had direct connections to and said, can you come up and give an address? Um, so that first year we were really focused on like one or two really great speakers. What ended up happening was that people started showing up and we're like, wow, like you have so much to share. Why don't you just hold an impromptu session? And that's where like this entire idea of, like our schedule being really flexible. I mean, we print, uh, we print our, our schedules every morning, right up at camp because things are constantly changing. We have people attend that say, Oh wow. Sorry. Yeah. Interesting way to do it. Printing it, doing it as on the fly. That's great. Yeah. Um, so basically like for us, um, (laughs) we, we tried really hard over the years to not do too much differentiating between the two. And, uh, and what, what's, what was kind of a schedule? Did you have like sessions in the morning and activities in the afternoon or was it kind of all mixed in one thing, that session and activity? Yeah. So camps open, uh, for the entire weekend. Uh, so people can, um, basically do as they wish with camp. If they want to, you know, play basketball, play tennis, go, uh, you know, water skiing, rock climbing, whatever canoeing, whatever they they'd like to do. Um, so that's kind of the equivalent of like what you would get at a conference in terms of office hours. So we have, you know, founders and, and investors going for a paddle around the lake and, uh, you know, learning how to build a campfire and all the campy kinds of things. And then we have sessions interspersed throughout that entire thing. So that means that uh, there's always, I should say almost always, um, a some kind of an event going on whether it's like large scale small scale podcast recordings we do uh, we do workshops we do mental health panels where we basically have groups of people just coming together and and forming a circle and and just having group conversations none of these involve technology right so like we don't allow speakers to come up with with a powerpoint or a computer for that matter and we also never look for speakers that are kind of Oh, I'm only coming up to do my talk and then leave. Uh, we've we have done that in the past, but we've learned over the last two or three years that the absolute best speaker at Fireside is actually the one that wants to be there as an attendee first and foremost. Well, I, I always say that any speakers in my events, like I always say, like we make it very clear, like you know, you you you've, you've got to hang out with the attendees, especially like you know, we run a lot of events. We have you know two day events. We run across the world and we have networking events 
you know, before the event, middle of it, after. And, and the attendees want to meet the speakers. They want to hang out with them. And, it, and, it's, and, and it, it's, it's really like, I find this quite often with like new people that are getting a bit of an online profile and they, they, they've got, they're getting a little bit famous and then they can get a little bit of a prima donna complex sometimes. They, don't, they want to just speak and go. And it's, it's really like a, a bad strategy for their long-term future because if someone comes to your event and they help out, they even help out with registration, you hang out with everyone, they're super cool. You're like, this person's amazing. Everyone talks about them online. You promote them, you know. And, like, and that's the way people get popular, you know. Is, is by behaving like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So like dozens upon dozens of stories of people coming up to Fireside just to, to be there with no, the ones that come up with really no agenda, not stressing about who they're going to meet, not stressing about the schedule, going with the flow, wanting to just meet people. Those are the most successful attendees. Um, we have attendees that really, they have never been to summer camp before. And not only do they flourish, like, for us to see online some of the, the connections that have been created as a result of this, like I met my wife at camp. Uh, this was, you know, many years ago, uh, actually at the camp, at Camp Walden, which is where we, we host Fireside. The reason I bring that up is because of the, the bonds and relationships that can form um, and the thought leadership and all the components that come as a result of, of camp itself. Um, and we really believe that that applies in so many different circumstances. It applies for learning uh, and applies for growing your network. All of these things, these relationship building pieces, they're really just hyperactivated at camp because we're all together. We're yeah. eating in the same dining hall. We're going to the same events. Uh, and that's a huge departure from the typical conference, right, where people are staying at different hotels or they're going to different restaurants. Like we don't do these like sponsored one-off events within Fireside where it's like other people aren't allowed to attend. The entire weekend is open to everyone. Yeah, I was, I recommend. Just to step in here quickly to mention our sponsor, Events Frame, a project I'm co-founder of, and I want to mention our integrations, which we believe are the best available. Firstly, payment integrations. You can connect any payment gateway, such as Stripe, PayPal, and Braintree, or even bank account or take cash. You can connect everything to EventsFrame. We also have the best marketing integrations out there with every email marketing system, including MailChimp, Zapier, Infusionsoft, Aweber, Drip. And we've got deep integrations with all the social media platforms like Facebook, Google, and Twitter. We've got thousands of events live on EventsFrame right now, ranging from small community meetups to huge trade shows and conferences. Check it out over at eventsframe.com. That's E-V-E-N-T-S-F-R-A-M-E.com. And now, back to the interview. It's interesting. Yeah. I know I know a lot, this kind of model, the kind of like retreat type conference, there's, there's a lot of people doing it. I mean, I've, if you listen to the podcast, I think I've had maybe five guests on doing something similar. But the difference between you is they've, the other ones have all usually been in like a, a holiday type location. I mean, there's like Chris Ducker, for example, runs Tropical Think Tank in, in uh, an island off the Philippines. There's... Uh, James Shramko has got an event in, in the Maldives, like surf business event. I know this guy, Johnny FD, has got one in Thailand. Um, Justin Cook has one in Thailand as well. There's a bunch of these retreats, but they're usually kind of a holiday destination, which it's, it's kind of, you're creating a similar atmosphere to, 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 to what you are. You know, it's away from your normal environment. You know, you're all together in this place, you know. I guess it's, what's different about you is you're doing it in kind of a place you wouldn't normally think of going to, like to Canada for, for an event like this. That's what's kind of a little bit different about your event. Yeah, um, it's an interesting point because people actually ask us all the time, like, will you do Fireside somewhere else? Uh, will you, you know, do it at a hotel? Will you uh, do it at this beautiful resort? Uh, I'd love to come to the Czech Republic one day. I'm sure. Yeah, definitely come. Right. 
Um, but for us, uh, this is especially given, you know, minute box and, and, and all of our other components, this is, this is a very unique event that, um, works in the, in, in the place that it's in at the time it's in for the people that it, it appeals to. And there's, there's thousands upon thousands of people that, that it appeals to. It's very clear year over year, but there is a specific type of person that wants to go out into the woods. Right. Yeah, and, exactly. And this yeah. I mean, like, for me, I'm an outdoors type person, but it's not for everybody, you know? Right. And, and that used to really stress me out. It used to really stress me out that, that there were people that like, I felt like I had to convince very hard to like come up to camp and enjoy it. Um, because once they're up a camp, even if you're not a quote unquote camp person, um, or, you know, outdoors person, we really have won over quite a number of people, but it's also growing the confidence in your own event, whatever the event is. If you believe enough in what you're doing and it's a good product and you're, it's an event that you personally would attend and be part of, then you have to have the confidence that others are going to be aligned with you. Yeah, right? that's a good point. That's, that's how I've always run. I've generally run events. That I've, I've attended an event like that and I'm like, I want to run an event like this, you know, or, or, or I've seen, I can, you know, this, I love this event and then I've, I want to take it in a different direction. You know, I've always, I've, I, that's what I base my events on is, is things I want to go, you know, usually things I have been to myself, but I've just, I've just, I've thought of a different angle on it. You know, I think it's, it's a good way of doing it. Have an event you, you would want to attend. So, so th there is one one other piece too, which is just to events that take place at you know beautiful resorts and you know where where the coffee is just perfectly hot. All the components are just you know as you would expect from a five star resort. There are components of of camp where you know we can't control the weather. Uh, it's it's a far trip from Toronto. There are you know a road trip. There there are um, there are all these components that are at first glance seem inconvenient and perhaps a little bit uncomfortable. Like you're sleeping on, no one's in tents. I mean, they're all in cabins and, and uh, beds with electricity. And, and I mean, it's glamping. This isn't, uh, this isn't yeah. roughing it by any chance, by any, um, you know, by any means. But at the same time, we do push people a little bit that they are outside their comfort zone. Sure. Every single person that's at fireside, unless you're literally living up, at a camp for your whole life, which I don't think any attendee is someone's coming from some city or, or town or, or whatnot. This is a, this is a shared collective experience of, of the elements and the experience. And, and that is the biggest, I think, differentiating factor beyond the obvious, like that we're not doing this at a five-star resort. This is a five-star resort in its own respect. And, and that, that's kind of the tip in the takeaway as well. Got it. Now, how has it grown? You started in 2014. Um, so now it's 2019 when we're recording this. Like, what's been the growth like year by year in terms of in terms of numbers? First year we were about 60 to 70. Yeah. Um, can't pin down that number because we had literally <laughs> no stats of of anything, which is to be expected in the first year of doing something. Uh, and then we grew to about 200 or so in our in our second year. And then our third and fourth year were right around 400. So last year we were just under 450. Listen, we could go to six or seven hundred if we wanted. There's enough physical space. There's enough beds. We could do it. Um, but four fifty, four to four fifty is our is our sweet spot, um, where we'll basically once we get up to like three hundred fifty people, we'll we'll then start looking through applications and and figure out, you know, what we kind of want that final number to be. Sure. And and how many days is is, is the event in total? 
So yeah, so we started off as two nights, uh, and then last year we announced uh, an extra night. So it starts on a, uh, a Thursday night and goes until Sunday, basically lunchtime. Great. <clears throat> now, I'm really curious about promotion because people listen to this. I mean, the, the big question is always event promotion. Obviously, you're using word of mouth. We talked about that. I think I heard you mention on the other podcast you're doing some paid advertising as well. I don't know if it's possible to talk about that, about how you're, you're promoting the event with paid advertising or, or anything else you're using to, to spread the word. For sure. So we've we've tried uh, a lot of different methods, and I'm happy to speak to the ones that have worked and, and haven't yeah, worked that's for definitely. us. Yeah, please. Um, Facebook has has probably been our biggest source of. So our biggest source is word of mouth, as as you've pointed out. Like yeah. by far, people that are connected through alumni, like that is our number one source, or people that have attended. Um, but when I'm talking about people that haven't experienced Fireside who have never heard about heard of us. Facebook has been huge to the point of like when our ads temporarily stop running or, you know, we've run out of budget or, or whatnot, like you can literally see the applications just drop off. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I, yeah. I to, to see like this constant flow and then all of a sudden like, oh, wow, our ads must have stopped. And, uh, and what are you doing? Are you targeting Facebook groups? Are you retargeting? Like what, what are you doing within within Facebook ads? Yeah, so to be honest, I'm actually not the right person to yeah, ask. So. That's, that's more of uh, in in Daniel's department. But what I can say, and and uh, the the key takeaways on on Facebook are that we really try to put good content out. Yeah, really try very very hard. So like if you look through our Facebook page, um, you know we post every day, uh, and we try to really provide good content. Um, that's been really important. The last thing we want to do is just bombard people with like crappy content so that's sure. that's huge like putting the investing the time up front to and we're very lucky now because we have you know probably ten thousand pictures and videos and all kinds of stuff to, to point to we didn't have that in, in 2015 2016 um so yeah the, the the facebook component of of everything from custom audiences uh down to down to um you know specific demographics uh but every single part of the same way that every single part of Fireside itself has this like um, uh, very um, relationship driven. Uh, yep. This the same goes for our ads that we don't just want to blast into some demographic or to some area unless we have a nexus there, right? So uh, if we've had like last year, for instance, we had a a, a few attendees from Florida. Uh, we had never marketed to Florida before. Uh, I actually have no idea how they found us, uh, but at the same time, that's it. that's an interesting one. So now that we know we have attendees from Florida, like we want we want that collection of, of people that are friends with our alumni to 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 attend. So we're gonna we're gonna focus more on making sure we're marketing to friends of our attendees because those are always our best our best. And people. someone from Florida is probably more interesting because somebody from like Pacific Northwest or something, they're already from a similar environment, you know, whereas someone from Florida, it's completely different to their daily life, you know? Exactly. But we found that, you know, our outreach through this, I mean, we have attendees from India, we have attendees from Australia, literally all over the world. Um, and quite honestly, I, I wish we had better data and this is something that we're, we'd like to, to get to hopefully, uh, you know, to, to know exactly how they found out about us we, we we can tell but at the same time um 
you know, we're just very blessed to have people finding us. So something must be working. And do you have an offer? Do you do like a lot of events? Like after the event, you'll do a reduced rate for the following year for, for attendees, like for a limited period. Yeah. So we do an alumni rate every year. Yeah. The alumni rate itself will, will fluctuate from year to year. Um, and, and that's really to help what we call like a, like a fire starter. I just did air quotes and then I realized that. Yeah. Uh, can't say. So, <laughs> I'd imagine. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, we'll do like a fire starter campaign, which is essentially, it, it helps us. It helps the, the attendees with it, with a reduced rate, but at the same time helps us, you know, pay our initial deposits and things like that. We don't typically discount. We, we do offer group rates for people that are coming as a team founders or, or a group of people that are, you know, purchasing a cabin. We allow people to actually come to Fireside, buy a block of, you know, 16 tickets and, and purchase an entire cabin. Do people um, get their own bedroom or do they have to share rooms at this event then? Yeah. So it's, uh, so we do actually have like VIP. The only VIP that we have in the entire conference is that we will offer, like we do have limited better cabins available. So those are, you know, private accommodations and, and things like that. Those are limited. Um, but no, um, 90% of the people are, are in shared, uh, communal accommodations that are, uh, you know, in, in, in your typical summer camp cabins, we actually on our website, we have uh, some links to of, of what those cabins look like. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's all fascinating really. So how, um, what, what, how, well, let me look, when's the next event? How far away is it right now? I guess September. So, so we've got quite a while, I guess now, yeah, I guess now you're in the, still in the kind of agreeing speakers and things like that phase. Exactly. So, uh, right now is our, is our push to, uh, get the word out. Um, start getting some more applications in um, things really start picking up like in in June June July and then we hope to be as set as we can by August um, and then at the same time there's obviously the planning of, of camp itself and making sure we have the food order and and the the bar and the activities and all those kinds sure, of things yeah you've got to bring all that and you've got to arrange a, a catering company I guess or does, does, does the camp venue have a contact for a catering company that can help yeah, so we work directly with Camp on on all things uh, on on all things. Um, so yeah, so we work directly with them. It's good. It's really one of these things where, like, you know, this is obviously due to you've you've got this long term relationship, having been a you know run camps there and stuff. Like, it's it's just something I found again and again the longer I've been in business. That like, just the long term relationships. I mean, this would be a, you know you, you you could do this if you if you didn't have a long term relationship with a camp, but it, it's so much easier for you because you know you've got a like have a lot of trust that it's going to be good and because and you know it well and they know you, you know, it's always good for resolving problems and things. Well, yeah, I mean, um, it is a huge, I can't, uh, it, it, it's, it is a huge benefit. I mean, I know every inch of the property having spent, you know, the better part of my life there. Um, yeah. and that's a, that's a huge help. Every single one of our, um, operational team, um, up at Fireside, uh, we have a ton of volunteers. We have you know 30 or 40 volunteers. Um, but then our operational team, uh, one of our one of the specific things I look for uh, when I'm when I'm reaching out to people to assist at that level is that they have attended this summer camp. Great. So uh, because it's one less thing for me to explain, I can I can we're literally speaking the same language, and yeah. camp language is completely different. You know, there's cabin Bartman and Spider-Man and uh, cabin B2, you know, and, and having that domain expertise of the facility is 
is critical. Yeah. It also means that the venue itself can speak to us in their language. Definitely. Um, and that, that's a huge, huge differentiating factor between us running the event and, and others. How, how many speakers do you end up like paying? I mean, does, does it depend like on, on the just how many, how much the, the main speakers are charging? I mean, do you get, I presume you probably get some free, some speakers that are coming for free or for a free ticket because they're part of your community, but I presume you're paying some of the, the bigger ones. Like, do you have a fixed number that you pay or just a fixed budget? Yeah. So we really don't uh, pay speakers. Uh, so we, again, going back to the idea of attendees and speakers really being one and the same. Right. So you um, get all your speakers for free. Yeah. So, uh, not not even, not even paying expenses, just they have to pay themselves out together. So, so, you know, there are times where of course we will, you know, of course we will cover expenses where they're reasonable and, and it makes sense in that situation. But the default, uh, default is always that we will not pay speakers. Speakers are attending, uh, in most cases, actually speakers are paying to be there. So I actually just got off the phone, um, the other day with a potential speaker who said, listen, uh, I only do paid paid gigs. Yeah. Uh, this is a really good speaker and, and someone who would certainly benefit um, from the experience. Um, and I basically said, I, I just don't think it's going to be a good fit. Uh, we can't pay you. This isn't. And also, it, there, there's a few reasons for that. I'm happy to dive into them. But like from from our perspective, it's um, we want everyone that's there to feel like they are part of this thing and not not like. They might be contributing, but all of our attendees are contributing. Sure. They're all sitting around the campfire until 4 a.m. Uh, and, and the ones that are coming in and saying, oh, I need to be paid X, Y, Z, like this isn't a typical event. So like this isn't an event where you're going to get like a green room and special Fiji water and yep. you're going to get this beautiful couch to sit on and await your session. Like, no, you're going to like put your sweatpants on in the morning and you're going to grab a coffee and you're going to eat great food and you're going to go for a swim in the lake and you're going to do your session at one. And then you're going to go and watch a podcast and play tennis with some, some other, you know, investors or founders or influencers. Like your talk is one component of the entire experience. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Look, Stephen, that, that, that's a really interesting place to finish. I think we're right up against time here. That, that's, that's genuinely fascinating. I, uh, I would, I'd even, I mean, that's kind of a tough time for me. I would even come, I think, but I'm off to Asia for two months with the family at that time. And then, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah, maybe next year. I'm actually in August. So I'm going to be in the US. We're going to be in, um, in Washington state, actually in August, we're cl- climbing a mountain with a friend of mine, bizarre. And then off to Asia after that. But, um, next year, maybe it looks like a very, very interesting event. So thanks. Thanks a lot for coming on the podcast. First of all, thank you for having me. And, uh, I'm, I'm more than happy to speak to any of your listeners who, who want to chat. They can email me at Stephen at fireside comp fireside, F I R E S I D E C O N F.com. Uh, happy to chat with, with anyone. Yeah. I'll stick a link to your website and your email. Anything else you want to promote or just Fireside Conf? Is that the best place people to go? That's the best place. And uh, if people just mention that they, they heard us on your podcast, I'm more than happy to kind of skip them to the top of the line and, and uh, have a chat with them in, in, in short order. Sounds good. Thanks a lot, Stephen. Pleasure and great talking to you. Thanks for having me. Have a great day. Do you want to sell more tickets to your amazing events? Events Frame Event Ticketing has been built to minimize the amount of time it takes to buy a ticket. Result? You sell more tickets. Check out eventsframe.com 